Hello guys, it's your girl Sarah again and I am back with another podcast for you this beautiful Monday. I hope you're all doing fine. I hope every one of you is still basking in the glory and the grace of God. Today I have a very beautiful message. I don't know who this is for but I do hope that it helps someone in their most difficult times. I hope it sheds light in um, everything that I will speak of in your life and I hope that it brings more clarity in your life and I pray that whatever I say let it not be from my own understanding but let it be from God's own perspective from God's own words like I, I want to make sure that the message that I give out to you guys is authentic and approved by God himself so today I have a very special topic that has been resting in my mind in my heart and that is about spiritual warfare now I know know as christians some of you do not believe in um spiritual warfare there are some who do not believe in demons there are some who do not believe in satan's power there are some who do not believe in fighting for what you love okay and today is the day that i break that bubble i am sorry to break it down to you my brother my sister but this world this world is ghetto Okay, this world is full of trash and filth and evil forces and we need as believers to stand each and every day ready for war, ready for battle and to uphold the banner of Jesus Christ high up just for him. So today's message is going to be called keep on marching. Now I know some of you who know the art of spiritual warfare, who know exactly what happens in the spirit, who are really invested in walking and 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 moving in the spirit you you know exactly what i'm talking about spiritual warfare is a very real thing spiritual warfare is something that people go on through um every day i have gone through spiritual warfare i'm still working on it i'm still you know like right now fighting something and Sometimes it can be exhausting. Sometimes it can be um, overwhelming. Sometimes it can be scary. Sometimes it can really take a toll on your mental health, your physical health, your emotional state. And sometimes someone just needs an encouragement to know that you are not alone, to know that you're not fighting on your own, to know that there is someone who feels the way that you feel. There is someone in heaven who is fighting for you day and night. He's never sleeping. He's never slumbering. His arm is not too short for you. And his ears are not deaf not to hear to, uh, the prayers that you keep um, giving to him. So today's message is going to be about spiritual warfare, but I'm going to do this on the level of people who do not know what spiritual warfare is. I have some of my listeners who are now listening now. I call them my spiritual babies because they are still growing up. They're baby Christians. And I don't want to scare you from this topic. I don't want to scare you from knowing about God. I don't wanna, I don't want to scare you from really experiencing the fullness of God. But if you want to get ahead in life, if you really want to have a successful walk with God, you need to know about spiritual warfare. You need to know everything that is to it about Christian uh, Christianity and following Jesus. Many of the people, many of the people who spread the gospel, many evangelists, many pastors, they are not preaching about spiritual warfare. They are not speaking about spiritual warfare. They're not even in like intentive or they're not even concerned of their you know the the flock that they are shepherding they do not care if someone is a is, is going through a spiritual warfare they don't care if someone is demonized they don't care if someone is battling something in their lives all they preach about is prosperity and how to give tithe and and how it is important to give your seed and give your whatever but 
as Christians, as people who are evangelizing, as Christians who we are growing, because I am also growing, as I said, I am not perfect. The wisdom that I give you guys is not from me. It is from God and everything that I, that I learned from him. So um, we are going to talk about what spiritual warfare is. Why do we experience spiritual warfare? And, this, and Satan's tactics to destroy our foundation in God. And also at the end, we are going to talk about the solution of you know overcoming or the solution of winning every spiritual war that you are encountered with so the first uh point is gonna be what is spiritual warfare if you think about war war is about fighting war is about two enemies coming together or two people coming together and fighting each other warfare is all about two people disagreeing on something and having to put their fists to the test to see who is mightier Okay, and spiritual warfare, as the word goes, it is in the spirit. We are not battling physically. We are not battling or wrestling demons with swords like you see in movies. That is not what happens. Spiritual warfare happens in the spirit. Now, we know that we are all born again when we accept Jesus into our lives. And this means that... When you are born again, it doesn't mean that you go back to your mom's womb and then get born again as Nicodemus was telling Jesus. This means that you are born again in the spirit because when we are born, we are born of sin. That means we are we were born with the uh, punishment of death and judgment by God because we had not accepted Jesus Christ. But through his grace, through his mercy and, uh, mercy and his unfailing love, we are here today. And we are able to be reconciled with God and be born again in the spirit. Okay, that's why we even have two types of baptism. The water baptism that happens on your physical body and the fire and the, and the Holy Spirit baptism where Jesus baptizes you with fire and the Holy Spirit. So having said that, spiritual warfare is fighting against supernatural evil force, forces against the work of God. So as a Christian, you know that if there is God, there is Satan. Okay, Satan is was was once an angel a very high ranking angel who fell out uh, out of god's mercy and grace who fell from heaven because of pride and why i say that we do not fight a physical war it's because from the book of ephesians chapter 6 i will read from verse 12 it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, we know that there is a heaven, there is a earth, but Paul is now telling us that there is not just a heaven and an earth, there is a heavenly realm where there are evil spirits, the fallen angels, where this, where Satan rules from. And Paul is saying that we do not fight against flesh and blood. We do not struggle against flesh and blood because this is what the devil will want you to think, that anyone who is fighting you, anyone who is constantly constantly aggravating you every anything that is happening in your life that is really bringing you pain everything that is happening in your life that is making you suffer and run in circles he wants you to think that it is physical he wants you to think that it is just something that you can see with your eyes but if you really pull back the curtain and see with your spiritual eyes you will see all the conniving things that the enemy is doing in your life and paul said it very very well right here that we are not battling against flesh and blood meaning when you are in a spiritual warfare, it can be anything. It can be from 
battling demonic dreams, battling real life demons in your life, battling um, family. Like you can have things like chaos, things like strife, things like pride, things like fear, um, anxiety, depression, things like um, diseases, things like uh, lack of, you know, lack of money, lack of, lack of finances, not having a job, not maintaining a job, not getting married, all these things. These are all forms and arts of spiritual warfare. It doesn't just have to do with demons. Although most of the, or all, of spiritual warfare they are orchestrated by demons so having known that you have to understand that as a christian ever since you gave your life to jesus i usually give this picture of we are all like in a dark room okay and then when you find jesus you light up you're like a lamp and if you know this insect uh, insects called moths they don't want to see a lamp because they just all just rush into the lamp they get heated up they die so when you light up in the dark because this world is like a dark room everyone who knows jesus everyone who lives in the spirit everyone who obeys every command of the lord is a shining light and even jesus says that we are the light of the world he is the light of the world and since he lives in us we are also the light of the world and when you light up in a room that is dark if you're in a dark room and you like switch on your phone obviously your phone is going to be the brightest thing in that room meaning that the devil now sees that hey this guy is now an enemy of mine so what he's gonna do because the devil is working overtime to make sure that many people as he uh, many people can go to hell with him and he's not even wasting time because he knows that he has been already judged there is no making god think over things there is no going back so he's gonna try and bring you back to the darkness so that you can fall with him to hell but God has fought the battle for you. He has won the battle for you and the devil hates that. So what the devil is going to do is wage war against you. So now that you know that what spiritual warfare is, um, I know now you're asking yourself, like, why would we be going through such stuff? Like God said, like when someone, there are some people you were preached to and you are told like, yeah, you can have Jesus in your life. He loves you and your life is going to be better. You see people who have really succeeded working with God. You see people who are at peace. You see people who are living happy marriages. You see people who have beautiful children. You see how God comes through into people and you be like, I want that. But then again, you must be asking yourself, like, if God loves me so much, why would he let? me um be in such kind of a predicament why would he let me be um used or be fought by the enemy like this and you need to understand something it's like having it's like being in a war okay if you and i are in a war and if we are fighting and we are in a war there is no way that you're gonna keep asking why why am i fighting you I, I don't like you. That is that is all it is to that is that is all it is to it. When we come to God, when we say get saved to Jesus, that means that we are on the side of Jesus. Now this war has two main characters i would say we have god on one side and we have the devil on the other side everyone who believes in god everyone who believes in jesus and has accepted him into their lives belong to the god side the people who don't believe in jesus the people who worship satan the people who live in sin the people who um, believe in witchcraft the people the people who do all these crazy things in this world they belong to the satan side okay and that means that as as much as god when god and satan fight even us who are in their armies, us who are in their kingdoms, because one thing you need to realize as a Christian, and this goes to everyone who is living a lukewarm life, you cannot be in the middle. You cannot choose to live like the way Satan does and then worship God. You cannot fight for God and still acknowledge the things that Satan does. You have to be either in 
the hot side and that is God's side or be on the cold side and that is the devil side. So the reason why there is spiritual warfare, the reason why we go through what we go through, the reason why the devil hits you the way he hits you, it's because that is how it is, okay? We are fighting a battle each and every day because the devil hates you. As a believer, as a child of God, the devil, the, the devil hates you hates you because you have been saved. You have been um, exempted from his punishment. You have been exempted from the hole, from the pit, from the judgment that he created for you. Realize that man did not fall on his own volition. He was deceived by the devil, okay? And you getting saved and going back to God, and which is the first true love, which is what God intended, it makes Satan jealous. It makes him mad. It makes him angry. And as angry as he is, since he cannot attack God, since he cannot hit God, since he cannot do anything to God, what does he do? He goes after his children. We are God's children. And we are not as powerful and mighty as God. We, 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 we are not as untouchable as he is. But... That does not exempt the fact that God lives in us, that God has given us the power and authority to fight against the enemy, to fight against every force and every demon and everything that tries to come our way to get us out of the path that God has, you know, put us in. And um, I have a verse to support that. And that is in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I've said it time and again that living in this world as a Christian is moving against the tide, okay? And when Paul said that do not be conformed by the things of this world, it's he's basically saying wage war against the world. Don't wage war against the people. Wage war against the world meaning wage war against sin okay living wildly is not living in the world living widely or or um associating with worldly people it's not necessarily mean uh saying that you should not associate with human beings it means you should keep yourself out of people who are sinful out of the gang of people who do not fear the lord okay and things like witchcraft things like uh sexual immorality things like lying things like stealing things like blasphemy things like um idol worship all these things are worldly things and paul is saying that we should not be conformed to the things of the world and that is the root of spiritual warfare because it's like you're antagonizing the devil you are living in his kingdom and you're defiling what his normal you know um day-to-day -day activity is and as such because this is not our home if you're a christian you know that this is not your home your home belongs to where jesus is so as long as you're not in your home the devil is gonna be hostile against you because you have come to his kingdom, he tried to, like, he, he had you in his kingdom. You turned and you went to the right kingdom, that is the, the, the Lord's kingdom. And now you are even fighting him in his own house. If you are a person who, like any person, this is logic. If someone comes to your home and then starts waging war against you or starts disrespecting you in your own house, obviously you're going to get mad right? So this is the same concept about what happens because Satan is labeled as the prince of this world. So that is why spiritual warfare is do not ever think that because you are in the Lord, because now you are saved, because now you are living in the spirit, you will never experience spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is very real and spiritual warfare is something that we need to teach each other, especially to the Christians that are now growing in the word. Okay. We don't want to scare you, 
um it's not to make you feel um intimidated not to make you feel like you choose you chose the wrong thing or you now you got into chaos this is literally what we said what will save your life what will save you of a lot of anguish a lot of pain a lot of suffering when you have knowledge because knowledge is power Okay, and the Bible says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. That is true because if you do not know the arts of spiritual warfare, you're going to suffer a lot, my friend. You're always going to think that the Lord does not love you and that is not true. Also, we can move to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 which says, Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in your faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So this is something that Peter says. He says, it's not only you who is suffering. It's not only you who is going through what you're going through. Like it's not you who is getting hit only. You can see the stories of the, uh, the story of the disciples. You can go and check of how each and every one of them suffered and died even. And he says that we should be alert and of sober mind because we have an enemy. If you have an enemy, that should tell you something. You should be able to guard yourself at all. All times if you have an enemy if you are at war you do not have time to lazy around you do not have time to cry you do not have time to complain you do not have time to look left or right or to even panic it's all that you you do everything you can to eliminate your enemy you do everything you can to make sure that you are in safety and this is what peter is saying that we should be alert and sober mind because the devil is not resting the devil is not waiting for you to be ready to hit you the devil is not waiting around for you to know the whole word that the Lord is saying or, or speaking to you so that he can hit you. The devil is not waiting for you to armor up and to be ready for him so that he can come and attack you. The devil plays unfair, okay? The minute you receive Jesus, that is when he declares war against you. That is when he starts, especially for people who have just received Jesus in their lives, he will try so hard, so badly to make you lose that salvation because you are still fresh. You are still building your foundation. And if you do not have the right tools, if you do not have the right... Um, the right encouragement, the right tips to go about this. The devil is really going to toss you right, left, and center. But we thank God because today he is going to reveal to us what we are supposed to do, the things we are supposed to um, hold on to, and, and what we need to do to advance and to resist the devil and to overcome. Okay, Now, we get to the third point is Satan's tactics to destroy our foundation in God. Now, if the devil hates you and the devil is always scheming, against you one thing you should know the devil is always scheming against your life the devil is always wanting you to fall he's always devising plans against you the book of isaiah says that no plan formed against us shall ever prosper that's because the devil is always formulating plans that are meant for you like they're custom made just for you to make you lose your faith to make you lose your stand with god and one of those tactics that the devil uses and loves using it is lies now you've seen them in the bible or you don't even need to the bible to know that the that the father of lies is satan and one of the lies that the devil started with that made the human race even fall was in the book of Genesis chapter 3. When the serpent, um, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty and any of, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Now this is what the devil does. The devil will often bring curiosity. If you ever had this phrase of curiosity killed the cat, the devil will always make whatever God says. If God says, 
do not do this. The devil will always bring this question. Are you sure that's what he said? If you are trying, for example, I will take us for young people. We know that we are not supposed to be sexually immoral. We are not supposed to be sexually active until we are married to a kingdom spouse. Okay. And, um, the devil will usually come, especially when you have found that partner, especially when you have found that person that God has created for you, that God has ordained for you. Now you guys are pursuing purity so that you can be married and so that your your, your marriage be blessed by the Lord. The devil will often ask you, like, are you sure that you're not supposed to, you know, like sleep with this person now? And you'll be like, yeah, the Lord said that I should not have sex until I'm married. And then this is the question that he will often um bring is like but this is the guy you're getting married to i mean for for some people they are even engaged like what is the problem like you guys are still getting married either way but it doesn't change the fact that god said do not have sex until you're married okay so he's gonna bring that curiosity and when we entertain the curiosity that's when he can plant the seeds of lies that's when he can plant the seeds of deceit because in verse 4 of the same chapter in genesis it says um the woman said to the serpent that yeah they were told not to eat it and if if they ate it, they would die and they should not even touch it and all that stuff. And then um, in verse 4, the devil says, you will not certainly die. This is a lie because we know from the Bible, the word of God says that the wages of sin is death. Okay, if Eve had a spiritual inclination, if Eve had a spiritual understanding to know that the Lord said, do not touch of this fruit if you eat it, you shall die, is... um. He meant that if you eat of this fruit, that means you will have knowledge of good and evil. First of all, you have disobeyed me. Disobedience is sin. Meaning when you sin against me, you're going to die. Okay. Because Adam and Eve were in the fullness of God. They were in the perfect, like they were created perfectly. Everything about them was amazing. They were in the right land, the right relationship, what we are all trying to achieve today. And they were in that position where they were completely innocent, completely blameless, completely sinless. They were just enjoying life. But the Lord and the Lord put the tree in the garden. Someone may ask like, why did the God, why did God even have to put the tree in the garden? To like he would have we would have avoided all of this if that tree was not even there in the first place. But you need to understand something that God is a God of free will. Can you imagine if God did not put that tree and then we'd never know about that tree? And then a someday we come and find out that there is a tree of good and evil and God never told us about it. They it would spark up, it would, it would like give God this manipulative, like he's hiding something. And God is not a guy that hides things. God is a very open God is very honest. He's very, he lays everything before you. It's your choice whether you want to listen to him or not. It's your choice if you want to obey him or not. It's your choice if you want to listen to what he says or not. So the devil that lied to the, to the, to, to Eve and says that you will not suddenly die, die knowing very well that Eve, when Eve ate that fruit, that she would die spiritually. Okay. Now this is one thing also that you need to realize that it just hit me right now. When you are listening to the thoughts that the devil is giving you. Always think about the spiritual consequences that come with it. For example, I will take, I love taking the example of uh, sexual immorality because it really hits home. Because when someone, say for example, you are engaged with this person and you are getting married and the devil is like, yeah, you don't need to, you know, abstain since you're getting married to this person. It's the same thing. You need to understand that sex before marriage is fornication. Fornication breeds uh, soul ties. Soul ties can open doors to things like demonic oppressions, demonization, and demon, uh, demon, um, 
entities like starting to you know manifest in your in your life and then you're gonna get into your marriage that was meant to be pure that was meant to be holy that was meant to bring glory and honor to god you're gonna taint it with the sin meaning that every blessing that the lord intended for you everything that he intended for you to do because marriage is not just a man and a woman coming together and having babies and having a big house and cars and all that stuff marriage is ministry Okay, and you cannot soil God's ministry. It doesn't go like that. God's work is holy, it is righteous, it is perfect, and it needs to stay like that. So the devil will try and convince you that whatever you're doing is not wrong because it is in the proximity of the physical aspect. He will like to make you see everything on a spiritual uh, on a physical um aspect or a physical point of view but for you as a believer, you need to look at everything in a spiritual sense. For those of us who are not married yet stop looking at every guy say you you the, i mean i we have desires i'm not asking you to to dismiss your desires we do have desires we are human beings okay but that think about every time you are about to commit a, a sexual sin ask yourself do you know this guy spiritually i'm not talking about physically do you know him spiritually do you know about his generation do you know the things that are in his family that are not good do they have um demon oppression do they have generational curses do they have um maybe are they practicing witchcraft or whatever what is about this guy spiritually that when you get soul tied to this person is it gonna bring harm to you or blessing but the thing is soul tie or should I say souls merging, the thing that can make them, the, the only place or the only constitution where the soul merging is allowed and is safe and it's beautiful and it's honorable and it's blessed is in the context of marriage. Because if you're not married, you sleep with someone now, you have the soul of that, you are tied to that person. You go sleep with another one, you are tied to the other person. And not just you, you and the person you, t you tie yourself around, you are all like connected to one, to one thing. Okay, you're all connected to each other. So if someone has the spirit of depression in them, it jumps to you. If someone has generational curses in their family, they come to you. If someone has anxiety problems, they come to you. If someone has the, the, the spirit of backwardness, stagnation, they come to you and you ask yourself, like, how did I get here? How did I, how did all this happen? Not realizing that the devil lied to you that having sex is not a problem. It's just having sex. It's just, it is what it is. Not knowing that what you are doing is destroying your soul. So the devil will oftentimes lie to you. He will use even the word of God to lie to you. Like he lied to Jesus. Like how stupid is this guy? If you really think about the devil, you can just see how stupid this guy is. Because how do you lie to God about his own word? Because in the book of Luke, chapter four um there's a part where G uh, the devil asked jesus to throw himself down and told him like uh, he told him this verse it's from psalms chapter 90 verse 11 to 12 and it says that he will command his angels concerning you to guide you carefully they will lift you up in their hands that you will not strike your foot against a stone if you go to psalms 91 and read this this particular verse you will see that before that it talks about someone living righteously before that and after that it talks about how god has given us power and authority to trample over the devil okay so he le he leaves out all these things that concern god and then gives you like the right thing they be like yeah but god wants you to love yeah but god wants you to do this but god wants you to do that and god wants you to do this because you have to realize the devil knows the word and he can change it to whatever he wants it to be you've seen people who preach very false doctrine and they still use the same bible it depends with which spirit someone speaks of okay and um 
one thing is that the devil is really lying to people the devil is really um is really bringing deception into people's lives and many people are unfortunately falling for his lies because they do not know the word of god they do not know the truth and if you for example for this verse from the book of luke um about asking jesus to throw himself down go and read the book of psalms 91 you will find out the truth what exactly that verse is about it talks about god's protection for his righteous people okay so number two number two goes for um fear and intimidation Fear all uh, usually cripples us. Fear is not just a feeling. Fear is a spirit. I don't care who tells you what. Fear is a spirit. I have battled fear myself. And I can tell you like, I am not a fearful person. I am not someone who runs when I see problems. I'm not a someone who cowers when something bad happens. But there's a time in my life where I was really taken by fear. And I really asked myself, like, what's going on? Like, even the thing that was making me afraid wasn't even that bad. That's when I realized that the devil will most times use fear and intimidation. A fear in the way he knows that when you're afraid, you're not going to be able to think clearly. When you're afraid, you're not going to be able to make wise decisions. When you're afraid, you won't be able to remember what God says about you. When you're afraid, you won't be able to remember the truth that God has given you. When you're afraid, you will forget about the authority that he has given you. Okay? And he meaning God. And in the book of Joshua, verse, uh, in book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, uh, God was telling Joshua, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There is somewhere in the Bible also it says that um, I will never leave or forsake you. Okay. And there are many times, many places, especially in the book of Isaiah, where God says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Even in Joshua, he really repeats this, that do not be afraid, do not be afraid. In the book of 2 Timothy, I think 1.7, it says that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of love, sound mind, and of power. And that should tell you something like, if you ever come to a, come to a point and you are afraid, if you ever come to a point and you feel like um, you are being crippled by fear, you should know that the Lord your God, who chose you, who created you and formed you, has not... Uh, given you a spirit of fear so whatever god has not given to you you need to expel it out and the devil knows this he knows that if he can get you to be afraid if he can intimidate you to make you think that you are not loved to make you think that you're not strong enough to make you think that the thing that you the, the the war that you're fighting in he wants to make you think like you are so lowly and he knows a lot because in the spiritual he's in the spiritual world realm and you maybe you've not been exposed to the spiritual world so he will try so much to make you think that you are very little that you are very small that you do not have power but he who liveth in you is stronger than he who lives in the world so says the bible okay so you need to realize that every time you are confronted by fear every time you're confronted by intimidation you have to realize that that is a, a tactic that the devil is using to make you forget of your authority to make you forget of your identity to make you forget of what the lord says about you to make you forget of all the promises that the lord has spoken over your life okay now, the third one is going to be manipulation. And manipulation, we're going to find it from the book of Job. Now, we all know the story of Job. For those who don't know, Job was a very upright and righteous man before the Lord. But he got struck down by Satan because Satan thought that his integrity 
lied on everything that God gave to him. Okay. And Job was really stricken. He lost his, his wealth. He lost his reputation. He lost his children. His health started de deteriorating. And one thing I realized when I was reading this story is when the messengers were coming to tell him like how the oxen died and how the wind came and took and, and like blew up the house where his children were and they died and how they were, some of his cattle were raided and all these disasters. There was only, there was always, this one word and i will read it from the book of job chapter chapter one every single disaster ended with this line and i am the only one who has escaped to tell you there are like four different um i would say like plagues or attacks that the devil uh committed or or hit job with and every single one of them the devil only always left one person to come and 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 tell job what happened and I'm going to um, mix manipulate manipulation with tormenting and taunting. The devil loves tormenting people. The devil loves taunting people. The devil loves manipulating people. Because even after he made Job lose everything that the Lord blessed him with, Job did not sin against God. Because according to Job chapter 1 verse 20, At this Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with any wrongdoing. So you see, Job did not do anything to deserve these attacks. Job did not do and did not commit sin because the Lord himself says that he was an upright man who was blameless and who lived righteously with the fear of the Lord. So in all of this, even when Satan hit him, even when Satan took everything that he held dear, he still had his faith in God. And he went back. There was a, the, the, the second time the sons of God went and stood before the Lord. The, the devil went back to the Lord and was like, okay, I, it's like I tried to hit this guy of yours, but he wasn't hit. And, and the Lord was like, okay. And then the devil was like, but any man will curse you or any man will disown you if, it, if it's about their lives, if their life is in danger. And the Lord allowed Satan to inflict pain or to, to, to afflict his body, but to spare his life. Okay. And the devil did it. And he saw that Job was not moving. Like in all of this, in all his pain, in all his suffering, Job was unmoved. He was not going to give up his integrity in God just because the devil was hitting him. Even though at that moment he did not realize that it was the devil who was hitting him. And most often when the devil is hitting you, he will make you think that God is punishing you. He'll make you think that God has left you. He'll make you think that God has allowed you to suffer because he basks and he rejoices when he sees you in trouble so that he can come and save you. That is the type of thinking that the devil will try to bring to you. And when he sees that that is not working, you see in the book of Job chapter 2 verse um, 9, it says, His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Cast God and die. Now, this was not his wife speaking. If you look at it in a spiritual sense, this was not his wife speaking. This was the devil speaking through the wife. Because the devil had been trying to do everything he could do to make Job cast God, to make God uh, Job um, lose his integrity with God. Okay, so that he would be right and God would be wrong. Forgetting that God is always in control. Forgetting that God himself knows exactly what happens before it even happens. Okay, so Satan is going to try to manipulate you. Satan is try is going to try to torment you. So Satan is trying to uh, is going to try to torment to taunt you. Sometimes when you are almost 
at a breakthrough. Sometimes you are almost getting what you've always wanted and then something happens out of nowhere and everything you just did goes into shambles. Sometimes you, you might start something and then in the middle something happens, you have to go back and start over. Or every time you are blessed with something, say for example, you are blessed with a financial breakthrough, money doesn't stay in your hands. Satan is always taunting you. He's always tormenting you. He's always manipulating the situation. He's always using people who are around you to try and make you think that God does not love you. To make you think that there is something that you're doing wrong or there is something that is wrong with you. That is why you're going through what you're going through. And most of the time he will want you to blame God for every bad situation. But the Bible says that everything happens for good. For all who love the Lord. Because God is in control. Because there is no one. There is nothing that can ever change the events of the future. That can ever change the events of the present. If God does not allow it. It is only God who allows whatever happens to happen. Whether good or bad. And for those who love the Lord. It is all for good. Okay. And on to that also. The devil will always want you to believe that we are right in suffering as believers. We are right in suffering suffering because of our sins. Now, I have just uh, talked to someone today um, and she was very upset because someone was reminding her of her past life. Someone came and like, you cannot be a Christian because you used to do this and this and this. You cannot be a Christian because you did this and this and this. Or when you give your life to Christ and you are battling um, some things. Like I have a friend of mine who had been battling mental strongholds. He's been tormented by... By demons in his mind telling him how worthless he is and how he made a mistake going to Christ and all this stuff, all this nonsense. And at some point he told me like, I have been contemplating on going back to not believing in God because my life was at peace. Now, this is a lie that the enemy wants you to believe. This is a lie that he wants you to think that this is what I, this is, this is the truth. Like if you give up on God, I'm going to let you go. If you give up on your faith in God, I'm going to, you know, get my hand out of your, you know, out of your hair. But that is wrong because the minute you let go of God, the minute you say that, um, the minute you stop believing in God, that is when the devil will start bringing all these chains and bondages on, on you. And he will even torment you even further for even, you know, letting go of God. And he will want you to believe in that your sin is why you're suffering. But there is nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible where God created us to suffer. Okay, there is nowhere where God created and was like, okay, you know, this person, this person is going to suffer all their lives because I want it so. No, we suffer. Yes, we suffer because of sin. Sin brings a lot of uh, problems in our lives. Okay, sin is something that opens spiritual doors. And the problems that come through are not because God has created those problems. Those problems come through because the devil comes through those doors that you open through sexual immorality, lying, lasting, um, not living faithfully before the Lord, not praying, um, having unforgiveness in your heart, having anger in your heart. You know, all these things that we are told by God not to do, breaking his commands, open doors and gives the devil a legal right over your life, over every aspect of your being. But there is good news for that because in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, 
am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case of your innocence. God is basically telling you that yes, you have sinned against me. You have done exactly what I told you not to do. But here's the thing. I still love you. Here's the thing. I still want you. Here's the thing. I still want you to come and sit with me. I need us to talk. I need to tell you that I love you. I need to tell you that I've forgiven you. The blood of Jesus was shed on the Calvary cross so that we can be forgiven today. So that every sin that we've committed can be forgiven. Do you realize that right now you might be living a very righteous life, a holy life. But somewhere in the future, the Lord knows that there is somewhere where you're going to stumble and fall. He already knows. But does that make him not love you any less? Love you any less? It doesn't. It means that he loves you either way. So don't let the devil lie to you about you not um being loved, about God is going is punishing you because you of your sin. Because one thing the Bible says is there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. So whatever the devil tries to accuse you with, whatever he tries to bring up to make you think like, oh, so this is this is I just have to accept it. You don't have to accept anything. So long as you have repented, you've given your life to Christ, that is where you start and say, nope, this is not my portion. Sickness is not my portion. Financial um, financial dryness is not my portion. And all these things that are happening that are bringing chaos and pain in my life, they are not my portion. Me crying myself to sleep is not my portion. Me, ha me having mental breakdowns is not my portion because God has not told me that this was going to be my portion. Okay, and that is what we need to understand that your sin, you are not supposed to be suffering in sin if you have accepted Jesus in your life. If you are living a holy life, if you are living a righteous life, if you are obeying God's commands, if you are really truly honoring him in your ways, in, in everything that you do, you should not be suffering. You should not give the devil the legal right. You should not let him lie to you that your sin is making you suffer. Yes, I know that there are some sins that are committed. For example, generational curses come because of people either opening doors to the devil, messing with the demons, or sinning against God. And that sin follows them until it is repented of and the curse is broken. But you realize that that happens after someone... um. You realize that happens after someone gives their life to to Christ, okay? Um. So as 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 you are, if you think that you are, if you think that you are, you are suffering because of sin, and you know that you have repented of your sins, you know that the Lord has forgiven you of everything that you have done, then. You should realize and tell the devil, like, I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm redeemed. I know that I'm a new creation. I know that the Lord loves me. I know that he will never leave or forsake me. I know that there is no condemnation against those who are in Christ Jesus. You have no legal right over my life. And today I take, I take power and authority in the name of Jesus and command you to leave my life. Take all your trash and go. That is what you're supposed to do. Because if you keep letting... Um, if you keep letting uh, the devil do what he's always been doing in your life, making your life a, a playground, making you his piñata, hitting you like a donkey left, right and center, he's always going to sit on you unless you stand up and say enough is enough. And that is with the word of God. 
okay and also i need you to understand in that same point that spiritual warfare is not punishment from god it is because the kingdom of god suffereth violence and the violent take it by force that is what it is that is the nature of our kingdom for you to get to heaven you have to fight a lot of things you have to fight yourself you have to fight your urges you have to fight your Sometimes you even have to fight your family, your spouse, your co-workers, everything, the demons. You are fighting everyone, basically, okay? You're fighting everything in this world. And the kingdom of the Lord suffer, suffereth violence and the violence take it by force. Plus, how worthy would our love be? Or I really think of it, this is just me thinking. I think that if something is being fought for so hard, if something is being fought for with so much vigor, with so much valor, if something is facing so much opposition, that should tell you something. That is something worth fighting for. God is worth fighting for. God is worth all the warfare that you'll ever go through. God is worth everything that you are going through. God is worth all the opposition that you're getting from the devil because the minute the devil starts opposing you, the minute he starts, you know, like picking his hands in your life trying to intimidate you distract you bring pain bring suffering trying to to make you fear and all that stuff you know that you're on the right track spiritual warfare is an indicator that you are on the right track that you are now aligned with god that you are following the right path because if you are living in the world if you are lukewarm the devil has no no interest in you he's interested in those people who are following god he's interested in those people who are really working for the kingdom he's interested in those people who are really opening people's eyes that is who the devil wants. If someone is already fallen, living in sin, he has already conquered that one. That one is not a problem. Okay. And I know at this point you're thinking like, man, all these things are so much like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to um, conquer this? How am I supposed to uh, make uh, all this, you know, how am I supposed to be victorious out of this situation? So the solution is one very simple one. Okay, and the solution is a very small sentence. Put on the armor of God. Now, I know you're asking yourself, like, Sarah, what is the full armor of God? What is that? What do you mean the armor of God? I've never heard about anything. I will tell you what the full armor of God is as I finish, as I, as I finish this podcast. The full armor of God is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse, I will start from verse 13. It says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now, you see, you need the full armor of God so that when the day the evil comes, that means that you should be ready for the evil one to come and distract you, to come and hit you, to try and attack you and do all this stuff. So Paul is saying that you need to have this full armor of God so that when evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the bracelet of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition with all of this, take up the shield of faith which with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows or arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it continues in verse 18 and says, And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, so basically Paul has given you a formula. He's, tell, he's told you all the things that the devil does against you and how to battle them. You need the word of God. 
to fight in your spiritual warfare. You need to live a righteous, holy life before the Lord. You need to remember that Jesus died for you to be free. You need to remember that Jesus died for your sins to be forgiven. You need to remember that since Jesus died, you are now at peace with the Lord. You need to remember that there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to remember that you have now full power and authority in the name of Jesus to trample over every scorpion, to trample over every cobra. Okay? Your feet should be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This means that you should live your life in accordance with the word of God. You should be telling others about Jesus. You should be leading others to Jesus. Your feet should be quick to do things that are holy and acceptable to the Lord. That is what it means. You need to clean your feet each and every day. Everywhere you step, make sure you're not going to things or to places that are ungodly, to things that are worldly, things that are making God's heart ache. You need to stop that. You need to put on, uh, you need to have the shield of faith, meaning that no matter what you go through, no matter what you're experiencing, you have made a decision that this world, nothing that the devil is going to do is going to make you miss God is going to make you be distracted from loving God because this is a relationship. It's like marriage. When you get married, just because you have problems in your marriage, does that mean that you just up and leave? You fight, you talk. You whine, sometimes you cry, and then you come, you talk, you make peace, and it's okay, okay? So you need to realize, you need to make that decision that no matter what happens, Jesus and I, it's a ride or die kind of situation. Like either I'm living for him or I am dying for him. There is no in between. There is no one who is coming in between the two of you. And then you need to believe in every promise that the Lord says in your in your life. Everything that he has spoken for you. You need to believe that he is yea and amen. That every word that comes out of his lips is true. That you can trust in his power. That you can trust in his love. That you can trust in his strength. That you can trust in his word. That you can trust in every promise that he has made to you okay also you need to arm yourself with the sword of the spirit which is the word of god also the word of god is not only truth it also arms up as a counter-attack weapon okay when the devil comes to you and says that you always be a failure you'll be like hey, hey, excuse me the word of god says that i will always be fast and not last when the devil comes and calls you a sinner you'll be like that is my past tense ever since jesus died and saved me i am no longer a sinner Okay, I stand blameless, righteous, holy, and acceptable before him. Okay, when he comes and tells you like God does not love you, you'll be like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When he tells you that you're going to spend all your lives alone, for example, for the ladies who are um, believing in God for marriage, the devil tries and comes like your, your, your clock is ticking, like you are not getting a husband, you're not getting children. Remind him, like there was a woman called Abraham, okay? And this woman had a baby when she was 90 and she raised that baby and she had that baby very well. There was a woman called Elizabeth who had a child. There's a woman called Hannah who had a baby also. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Well, when he tells you like you always be alone, tell him, uh-uh. Ever since Jesus went up to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down on earth to dwell with people like me who believe in him. So I don't know what you, you are trying to say, but I have someone called the Holy Spirit who is my best friend and lives inside of me. That is how you're supposed to go about when he says that no one loves you. You'll be like, excuse me, there is a father in heaven, the king of the universe, the Lord who created me for his glory and his honor. He loves me. I am the crown jewel in his eyes. I am the apple of his eye. Okay, I am the best thing that he's ever created. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I am worthy of his love. 
okay when he tries to bring fear into your life to intimidate you sometimes with demonic dreams sometimes even seeing real life demons you need to remind him like the spirit the the, the lord has not given me a spirit of fear okay he's not given me a spirit of fear he's given me a spirit of power against you he's given me a spirit of love and a sound mind and then you, you remind yourself that the lord has told me from joshua 1 9 that i should be st strong and courageous and not fear because he will never leave or forsake me this is how you fight your battles prayer 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 is very vital if you're a christian you're going through spiritual battles and you're not praying i don't know what you want god to do for you you need to start praying you need to start opening your mouth all these things sound nice at this moment yes it's a very beautiful armor it's a very beautiful weapon a kind of thing and um sometimes someone be like oh that's nice so i have this i have this i have this i have this, and then that's it the most vital weapon in the armor of god is prayer prayer is not just you telling god what you want prayer is not just you coming and commanding demons and blah 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 and all that stuff prayer is also letting god speak to you prayer is worship prayer is praise prayer is you doing things for god prayer is you just sitting in silence and waiting to hear him prayer is reading the promises of the lord listening to what he has to say about you prayer will move your life prayer will change your life prayer will save your life prayer will save your family prayer will even bless your descendants who come after you look at abraham's life he lived a life of faith a life of righteousness a life of obedience and he because of what he did because of his faith because of him obe obeying god because of his constant prayer because every single time god would appear appear to him he would build an altar and and burn a sacrifice for him and because of that the people of israel till this day are blessed are blessed okay so you need to include prayer in your life don't tell me that you the devil has been hitting you right and left and center and you are not even taking 15 minutes 30 minutes out of your day to pray the whole day goes from morning to evening you haven't spoken to god but you're on your social media you're on your phone you're at your job you're with your wife you're with your kids you forget to say to the one who gave you all the things that you have thank you you forgot to tell you you forget to tell him i love you you forget to tell him, please protect me, protect my loved ones, work in my life, keep speaking to me, change me, transform me, give me a love, give me a desire for you. I know there are some people who struggle with prayer. Sometimes I do too. But one thing I've come to notice is the Holy Spirit is there for us so that we can be able to know how to pray. We can have the desire, we can have the, 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 the urge, the thirst to just hear from the Lord, to just speak to him. Because one thing I learned yesterday is it's not about us getting his presence. It's about God getting our presence because he loves us. He, he truly loves us. Like you people don't understand how much God loves you all. He really, really adores you all because you are all his children. Okay. So put on the full armor of God. Go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 from 13 to 18. Read it word by word. Ask the Holy Spirit, what am I missing? What about me is not there? Okay, and when you put on the full armor of God, I was praying the other day and I it just came out of me. I just told my my God, um, I just don't wanna I just don't want to put on this armor. I want it to be embedded on me just the way my skin is embedded on my bones. Like the same way you cannot tear my flesh from my bones and, and you know everything is just fine. I want your armor to be on me like that. I want it to be a part of my body, I want it to be an extension of my body. Okay, I want every single time I am walking, everywhere I go, I am walking with this armor. 
because I've realized that I've had mental attacks. I have had dream uh, dream attacks. Like I've been attacked in my dreams. I've been attacked in my mind. I've been attacked in my character, in my decision making. And the thing that has helped me all this time is the full armor of God. Because if you want to know that this full armor of God is the same armor that God wore in the book of Isaiah 59, 17, when he came to um, punish the, his people for rebelling against him and sinning against him. So if something was good enough for God to wear and come to war with, what makes you think it's not perfect enough for you? So um, anyone who is going through this period, this season of just things happening not the right way in your life, it's time for you to stand with the authority and the power that Jesus has given you and start commanding the devil out of your life. Start hitting him offensive do not have mercy and do not fight against people realize what paul said in the beginning as i said paul says that we do not fight against flesh and blood so whoever you think you're at war with stop looking at the person stop looking at the physical situation look at it spiritually know what kind of demon is lying around there know what kind of demon is starting up the water and then when you find out what it is then you can pray and you can you know deliver yourself out of it you can bring peace back to to your life to to your to every single area and part of your life and you can start rebuking and canceling and breaking yokes and breaking bondages and breaking the delusion and all that stuff and basically that is all it is to it in spiritual warfare i would like to encourage you to keep being strong keep fighting you are so loved the lord is fighting for you he will never leave or forsake you and you are fighting on a very good side like yahweh is fighting for you the lord of hosts will never abandon you literally so i hope you guys were very blessed by this podcast i am very grateful that you took time to listen to this i will be praying for all of you and i pray that you always stand in faith in the foundation of the living rock the eternal rock the rock of ages and that is our god our abba and i love you so so much guys share this podcast with your family and friends share with share it with someone who is battling something in their lives so that they can know that they are not alone we are all in this together we are all part of the same army we are all part of the same family part of the same kingdom i love you guys so much i will see you again next monday and god bless you